are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. Uh, an author of a book that we're going to be talking about as well today, um, titled Called to Be a Pastor's Kid. Uh, pastor, mama, wifey, I don't yes. know which one to address. All you in know. one. All in one. So <laughs> <laughs> How are you this afternoon, uh, Ma? I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm all good. And thank you for inviting me today. I'm quite excited to wow. be here. We're also honored that you uh, said yes to our request and you joined us. Thank you so much for joining us. And how has been your day today? I think a bit busy, a bit mm-hmm. busy, but all good. And you still made time to be Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mamuni is an executive personal assistant. Uh, like I said, she's also a pastor's wife, a chairperson for Sarah, um, and a speaker, a motivator, a marriage counselor. I'm soon to get married. She's also a senior pastor with um, her husband at the church called IAG, Holy Sanctuary in Ollisfontein, right here in Johannesburg. Today we'll be talking about her journey, you know, um, in all, especially, specifically in the ministry, in the kingdom ministry, the Christian uh, ministry. uh, And we're going to be talking more about the book that she wrote a recently titled uh, Called to Be a Pastor. Have you always been, uh, diving straight into the interview, have you always been um, uh, desired to be an author or it's something that now because I know that you're a child of God, you're a pastor's wife, I believe so because these days it's just a title <laughs> but the lifestyle is confusing. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always thought of uh, of being a, a, an author or it was something that the spirit laid to you? How did you uh, decide to come up uh, to write um, a book? So actually growing up my father was a teacher mm-hmm. and um you know, he enjoyed being around kids, telling stories and mm. things like that. So um, I remember two years, uh, actually a year before my dad passed away, he said to my husband that uh, my then-to-be mm-hmm. husband, he said that he wrote a book, but he wants to publish it. And I think in me, it triggers something that, you know, before I leave this world, mm. I want to have written at least one or three so I think that's how it came about. Wow. Yeah. Something that was confirmed before you even started to write, before yeah. you even had a desire, I, I suppose. Yeah. Wow. And they birthed this book titled Called to Be a Pastor's Kid. Yeah. Um, I am a product of a, a being a pastor's kid. And to be honest, I never had any good relation, any good experience mm. from a pastor. just felt like we were so robbed, especially when uh, my father was called to be with the Lord earlier when I was still young. Now that I'm older, I just realized there was so much mm. that was robbed. There was so much time that we got robbed from him being a pastor. And it was so amazing to hear people speak beautiful things about him um, in the funeral, y- during his funeral. But um, that time it didn't uh, really get an impact in my life. Only now that I'm older. I was like, I Pelalobaba was raw, but not mm. as kids. Mm. We never had time with him. And things that um, 
also not only the society but the church had so much expectations for us yet he didn't equip us to say you know we should be the one the only uh, thing that actually affected it a big impact to me was I had uh, for the longest time I played church. Mm. It's like I had narrated the th- how things are to be done in a church, and it um, when I uh, when I was at uh, my early teens, I played church so much that uh, this is how we do things mm. at church, you know. So with you writing a, a, a book called The Pastor's Kids, my my my, my question now will be like. Um All right, before I cho- I make this question, why did you title this called to be a pastor's kid? Maybe yeah, so that I direct this question accordingly. Can we just go back to saying why the title called? So, I think for me, I believe that every position that you find yourself in, God had positioned for it to be that way. And, um, I mean, I never thought that I would be married to a pastor for that matter. And I feel that me being a pastor's wife, it's a calling mm-hmm. on its own because it was a plan of God. It was not my plan. I f- you know, I grew up in the Lutheran church. Mm. And <laughs> so I grew up in the Lutheran church and growing up in the Lutheran church, things were done completely different. At the age of 13... My mom got sick, and she went to, to, to become a traditional healer. Mm. Then she came back, coming back, and then she decided, you know what, I don't want to do this thing anymore. And I think it's when the Lord called her to the service of, you know, of the work of God. Mm. And at that time, um, then she threw away her bones, she threw away everything, and then she came into the Pentecostal church. Mm. And, you know... At that time, I didn't know anything about Pentecostal. It was like completely brand mm. new to me. Mm. And we came into the church. I was 13 years. And I remember I went into Sunday school, went into youth. But at that time, I think the way we were welcomed into mm. the church, we became part of the pastor's family because they adopted us. I mean, like my pastor only had a daughter. And she was the only one. And she lived overseas for quite some time. And she came back to South Africa where she started working here. And we became, she, she just loved us. And, you know, she used to call my brother, my little brother. And then she called me my little sister. Mm-hmm. And we just became close. And I think through that time, I, I started learning the difficulties that pastors' kids go through. So when I wrote this book, it was a dedication uh, to my uh, late pastor's daughter, who also is late now. Oh. And I think her tragic death is also kind of like spoke to me in a way that, you know, something needs to be said, you know. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. I can actually relate with a lot of things. I also come from um, Lutheran Church before I... I fully got serious with Christ and chose a charismatic church. And uh, 
to me, church was ukoga, is piga, look at all good. When it comes to tithe, you don't even understand what is tithe. Yeah. You don't even tithing the tenth person, but in malia envelope just to keep your name recorded. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that were so weird when I came to the Pentecostal church, like mass prayer. What are you doing? Why are you raising your hands? We don't do that. And when it comes to prayer, praying at once, Tinas Mamelufund is on a liturgy book. And One hour. You know, <laughs> that's it. I, I, can, I can really relate about uh, the space where you are coming from. Now, connecting to the question that I had, I wanted to ask that. Um, do you think that as pastors, children, like I'm saying, I... I I, I'm not saying I'm blaming how the my how I was raised as a pastor's kid, but the reason I feel like more of the influence that made me play church so much it's because salvation was not taught, or rather, how I should re, how I should act or how I should do as a child uh, as, a, as a pastor's child, a kid should be done. So uh, my question now will be like, do you think as much as Umam Fundis or Umfundis on his own, they are taken, they, 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 they are taken to um, uh, the, the, the school or to study as a pastor, you know, and Umam Fundis, once she is there, she's also she also goes through a certain way on how you should do as Umam Fundis, you know, things change. So when it comes to children, do you think that Avandwana as well should be taught being a pastor? No, I, d- I don't believe in that. I completely do not believe in that. What I believe in is the fact that when I came into salvation, you know, it was my calling. Mm. It was not my children's calling. Mm. And I believe that every person has to walk their journey True. in order for them to discover their themselves and to also discover the relationship that you ha- they have with God. I discovered my relationship. They need to re- uh, discover their relationship. So mm. for me, the journey that I need to walk with my kids on is mm. the fact of the Bible saying, teach your children the way to go so that when mm. they are grown-ups, they should mm. not depart from it. Mm. And, you know, that being said, one thing that I've realized is that when my mother got saved, she never pushed us into salvation. She just taught us, mm. and it was up to us mm. to decide whether we want to follow what she's doing mm. or if we don't want to follow. Mm. You know, my brother lives his own life. Mm. We respect that. It's a choice that he has taken. I live my own life. It's a choice that I've taken. And at the end of the day, we need to embrace each other because we are family. Mm. And it's it's sad because the church look at our children and expect them to be pastors, whereas mm. they're not pastors and they're not yet there. I mean, like, mm. I feel very, um, it, it, it saddens me when you're in a church and, you know, other kids will expect your child mm. to know the Bible from back to forth, mm. and whereas they don't know it. And, you know, she's growing just the same mm. as they are. So it's a process, it's a relationship, and that relationship a person needs to decide. So I, I don't believe in that. Wow, beautiful. Um, a question that's going to take us to an ad break. What were your personal challenges bes- be, be besides the one that you have? Obviously, on the book, you write about your personal ones, but you also generalize the challenges as a pastor's uh, kid. On looking at your own personal uh, angle, what was your, 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 your challenge? So for me, I've never been a pastor's child. Mm-hmm. I'm writing out of the stories of the pastor's kids. Mm-hmm. And I think I've formed so much relationships with 
pastor's kids. And, um, you know, we've had conversations. I mean, I'm, in the book, you'll see I tell stories of some of them mm-hmm. whereby, you know, they tell their own stories, their own challenges. And I think for me, I can speak for the fact that I've never been a, a pastor's wife and I didn't know how it feels like mm. to be a pastor's wife. I've had my own challenges as a pastor's wife that I and hurdles mm. that I had to go through. And I think the same if you read the stories of, you know, this beautiful pastor's kids. It's, mm. you know, they tell their stories in a way and the challenges that they find themselves in. And and I think the most challenge that we find is the church, the mm. congregation. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, I see uh, here on the other contents of the book, Benefits of Being a Pastor's Child. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And there are some certain stories as well of uh, being a PK, the pastor's child. We're going to be unfolding more of that. We are talking to uh, Mamu Winimuhozi, an author of a book called Cold to be a pastor's kid. So remember, if you still, uh, if you've got your questions for her, oh six seven one five three one zero eight nine. It's the number where uh, you can dial in and uh, ask questions. For now, we're gonna go to the stores. Don't go away. Introducing Victoria's Conference 2022. Arise from the fourth to the seventh of August. Get ready for the event of the year with powerful speakers all in one place. And I believe the Lord is with us. And whoever is going to try to be against us is going to fail. So this is the year of the Lord. We are winning this year. We are victorious this year. Are you ready? You can catch Pastor Evelyn Fosu Amoa. When the storms of life are hitting on us, remain relentless, my daughter. I am standing with you in this fire. As well as Dr. Ramatesele, Victoria's conference expect the unexpected with tons of entertainment from Mrs. Corella and the Kingdom Shakers. Tickets are 300 rand for in-person services and 150 for the online streaming link. Registration closes on the 26th of July. Register now. Victoria's conference arrives. The Ingoma Foundation presents the 9th Independent National Gospel Music Awards happening at Redemption Church, Greenstone, Johannesburg. Tickets are available at WebTicket and Pick and Pay. Red carpet starts at 5 p.m. Performances by Ngabagazi, Pastor Longindala, Puleng March, David the King and many more. Hosted by Matema and Tepo Maseko. 9th Ingoma is brought to you by Trace Gospel, Umgalolo.Africa, Sampra Development Fund, Afrimula, Energy FM, Premier Hotel and BX Cosmetics. You're listening to Hope Alive. We hope you are enjoying the live stream. Stay faithful and devoted. Yes, indeed. We are back. We are back. We're in the space and we are having a lovely, lovely conversation with uh, the author of uh, Called to Be a Pastor's Kid by Winnie Mohotzi. Absolutely beautiful indeed. Um, Women of God, it's really great to have you here and uh, to finally join the conversation as well. (laughs) (laughs) So you've shared on quite a few things and uh, you've put some inserts of some of the pastor's kids' stories in your book. And uh, I'd like to find out from you which which story um, 
really stands out for you personally as the author? I know you've got maybe two or three or four, but which one stands out for you as the author? Yeah, I think there are quite many, but you know, there's one that stands out for me. It's about uh, a lady. I think she's around my age now. And, um, you know, when she tells a story about when she got divorced, mm -hmm. as a, you know, as a pastor's kid, you know, people would look at her and think, you know, what happened? I mean, mm -hmm. like you come from a family where your mom and dad, you know, never divorced. Your yeah. dad passed away, you know, and you go into this marriage, whatever. Eight years down the line, you divorced. You know, what kind of business is this? Mm -hmm. And I think that one stands out for me. And when, when, I, when I speak to her, you know, one thing that she highlighted is that, you know, like growing up, you know, sometimes she would see her mom cancel people coming in, coming mm -hmm. out, you know, when they're about to get married. But as a pastor's kid, you are expected to mm -hmm. know these things, but you're not taken through the journey yeah. of saying that, you know, in your marriage, how do you manage your finances? How yeah. do you communicate with your spouse? How mm -hmm. do you support each other? When you have challenges, you know, what do you do? And mm -hmm. I think, you know, she mentioned something to say that, you know what, if I would have had the opportunity mm -hmm. to be cancelled like any other child or any other person in the church, I don't think I would have lost my marriage. And I think that really stands out for me. Wow. So let's talk about that because I want to find out off air we had a conversation about uh, uh, there being some difficulty being married to a pastor's kid. You know, what are some of the difficulties that one can face if one gets married to a pastor's kid, be it a male or a female? I think the, the main challenge is the expectation from the father because, mm -hmm. you know, when we look at it, most of the pastors have got certain expectations mm -hmm. around their children and yeah. obviously the kind of person that that person needs to marry, your child needs to marry. Mm. You know, like sometimes, I mean, like we don't walk the streets with our children. We don't go where they go. Mm -hmm. We don't school with them. And they mm -hmm. meet different kinds of I people. And at the end of the day, I as a person, I met my husband in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And why would I want to dictate to mm -hmm. my child what kind of a person they need to date. Mm. And as I said earlier, my thinking is that we need to teach them the ways mm. of the Lord. The rest mm -hmm. is God who needs to take care of. And I think the biggest challenge is the parents. Mm. You know, how we raise our kids and the expectations that we have of our children. Mm. Wow. All right, thank you so much. You mentioned something about how you met your husband and all. Uh, talking about your husband, uh, we've got a lovely question here. It says, uh, question for Mrs. Mukhozi. If she had a choice, would she choose not to be a pastor's wife? No. Mm -hmm. I would always choose to yeah. be one because I think mm -hmm. having walked the journey, my husband and I have been married for 19 years now. Mm -hmm. wow. So next year we'll be celebrating wow. a big 20. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And I think, you know, he's my supporter. He's my yeah. cheerleader. He, you know, he always pushes me to do well and to do the best yeah. and i and i think one thing that i really appreciate my husband is a very quiet person mm -hmm. and um he's very you know like other people would think how do you get along with this guy but mm. i think he's quiet but very kind yeah. very kind man and i think for me i was truly blessed 
that the Lord has brought this kind of a man in my life. Mm. I I wouldn't have asked for a better husband. I think yeah. it's a better suit for me. You wow. that, I think your son reflects the kind of husband <laughs> you have. <laughs> 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 He's absolutely an amazing kid. And I'm talking about a five-year-old family. Uh, you know, uh, so here's another question here from our listener coming in again saying, uh, um, w- what is her take on pastor's kids' appreciation as they do for the pastor? Well, I don't expect people to appreciate my kids. When you do appreciation for me, even for me as mm-hmm. a pastor or a pastor's wife, yeah. people should appreciate you know, appreciation shouldn't be forced. Yeah. Appreciation should be done from the heart. Mm-hmm. If a person is going to do an appreciation because mm-hmm. they feel forced to do it, for me, it's not an appreciation mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be done. Yeah. And same, if you feel like you want to appreciate my children, it should be out of a good heart. For me, it's not a must. Mm-hmm. It's something that a person, you know, it's the same as when we say we're giving mm-hmm. in church. So appreciation for me falls in that space of mm-hmm. giving out of a good heart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not something that should be mandatory. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely beautiful indeed. And uh, earlier on, you mentioned two challenges, and I'd like us to delve into those challenges before we actually delve uh, a little bit deeper into the book. Uh, you mentioned that the challenge, is not that the one challenge is the pressure from the parents. The other challenge is the congregation. So first, let's deal with the challenge that comes with the pressure from the parents. What kind of pressure do they give to the kids? Is it the pressure? You must take offering. You got to play the instruments. You got to be doing something in church. Yeah, so uh, we've served in different spaces mm-hmm. within the church. And I think, you know, seeing how past, the, you know, uh, I mean, like we were serving in one of the churches and my husband was an assistant pastor. And looking at these poor children, you know, they have to wake up very early mm-hmm. in the morning. You get to church, you need to make sure that the chairs are clean. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like in those days where we used to fellowship in tents. Yeah. So yeah. you look at it and you think to yourself, you know, the first people to arrive at church is the pastor yeah. and his and the children, the mm. and they are the last to leave. I think my daughter always complains to say, "But mommy, we get there mm. early, and then we we have to leave and late." And then Monday to Friday, exactly. And then now on a Sunday again. Yo. When do I rest, mommy? When do I rest? <laughs> and 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 you know, like we. As parents, I think, you know, we obviously need to look at that to say Mm -hmm. that it's good to teach our children to serve. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the pressure can become too much. And and I love my husband Mm -hmm. because my husband, you know, when we get to church, he will say to my daughter, it's fine, you can do whatever you want, but, you know, wait for other kids to come and help you so Mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like a duty and a Mm -hmm. burden, but it should feel like something that she wants to do. Mm -hmm. So... In terms of attending church, I- is it mandatory like going to school for them? Or it's like, I if you feel like, I know today, mommy, I don't feel like going to church. You can stay, my daughter. We'll see you when we come back. <laughs> yeah, I think at the moment, because the Bible says train the kids the way to go yeah. so that when they are grown-ups, they should mm-hmm. not depart from it. Yeah. So I think we are in a process of training them mm-hmm. and understanding why we are serving. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to that stage whereby they need to make their own choices, mm-hmm. you can't force them. Mm. 
All right. And uh, then the the congregation. You know, this week we had a question, which, do you have a problem with God or the problem with mm-hmm. God's people? You know, so clearly there's a problem with God's people here when it comes to the pastor's kids. Mm. Um, what is the problem with the congregation? Do they have expectations of their own? Do they treat the kids differently? How does it work? Yeah, I, thi- I think the congregation always look at pastor's kids as if they are pastors. And I think mm. I highlighted this. Mm. earlier to say that most of pastors' kids, they are looked at as if they are pastors. Mm. I have walked my journey, and in the process of my journey, yeah. I've learned how to serve God. Yeah. Why can't our children be allowed to walk their journey mm-hmm. and be able to find themselves yeah. within the church? Mm. You know, But you know what happens is that you know, our children are expected to know the Bible from mm. back you know, to end and, you know, uh, you know how, and you know, I, I remember one of the times when I was in Sunday school and some, one of the kids asked uh, about a Bible scripture mm-hmm. and then one of them said, no, but Rorisang should know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I said, no, she mm-hmm. doesn't know. She's just like all of you. She doesn't mm. know. And I think it's that pressure that mm. they find themselves in. And sometimes it pushes them to the point whereby they just don't want to be a church. Mm. Mm. It's like it's like being the daughter of a teacher at school. Yeah. And expected guy. to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> expected to be the smart one. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So with that said, is there a way to remove the pressure? Because I feel like being born into a, a pastor's family or being born in, as a pastor's kid, uh, it's like being a child of a president, mm-hmm. Bring, being a child born into royalty. Like there are some things that just you have to deal with whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a way to remove the pressure? Unfortunately, there is no way mm-hmm. of removing it, but mm-hmm. I think it goes back to us as pastor parents yeah. to say how do we present our children to the congregation. Mm. And if we present our children as more like, you know, president kids yeah. or, you know, the way you put it, then it becomes a problem because that's how people are going to see them. But if you present them as children, Mm. that's how people are going to see them. And and I think it goes back to us. and, and, And I think as we continue, we'll talk about this, but I think one thing that I've realized is that as pastors, until we learn to be parents to our children, not mm-hmm. pastors to our children, mm-hmm. then it alleviates the weight yeah. from them. All right. Okay, so we've got a question uh, from uh, one of our listeners once again saying, how can we support our pastors and pastors' kids to strive in what they do or their calling? I think... One thing that I've realized is that I think pastors and their children, they give more effort to the church because they feel that it's a calling and, you know, the fact of saying that God has called me to do this. And we end up neglecting a lot of things that are helping us to thrive. And um, at the end of the day, if you, like, for instance, we have a day job whereby you go to the office, you come back, you still have to do, you know, uh, your church work yeah. and your home work, stuff as yeah. well. and But, you know, when it comes on a Sunday, you're either there early, you have to make sure that... It, and, and the support goes back to people being dedicated mm-hmm. in in the call 
of God, if I'm saying I'm dedicated in the work of God, if church starts at half past eight or prayer starts at at nine o'clock, let's say, mm-hmm. at least half past eight, be there and be able to say, you know, where can I help to make the, you yeah. know, the work much easier so that we have a flawless, you know, service. Or in midweek, where can I be of assistance? Where do you need assistance? Because yeah. if people don't raise their hands, you don't also want to push them yeah. into something they, that sure. they're not comfortable in. All right, so we've spoken much about the negatives and the challenges and the struggles of being a pastor's kids. Let's talk about the benefits, you know. Um, I think uh, being uh, Tori, so you, you, you get some benefits just because you, your mom was a pastor and uh, you find yourself uh, eating with the pastas or doing some nice things, you know. Uh, you know, being, attending events for free. You never know, you never know. So what are some of the benefits of being a pastor's kid? I think the major benefit of being a pastor's kid's Kid, you grow up in a in a loving family, mm-hmm. you know. And I always say that, you know, my husband and I, when we talk, we always say the best gift mm-hmm. that we can ever give our children is the love that we have for each other. You know, when yeah. they grow up seeing that love alive in mm-hmm. at home, you know, it, it it resonates in a in a good way. You know, yeah. mentally, it's good for the child. And, and that and, and I know that there are other environments, but one thing that I know is that with pastor's family, mm-hmm. it's like that unity, you know, they're yeah. being together. Obviously, when the children grow, they, it becomes a bit different. But, you know, growing up in a loving family, that's the most important thing. And growing around, you know, knowledgeable people, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like you grow around a lot of pastors that have a lot of knowledge which you can tap into. And and for me, those are some of the the, the benefits that I think are... Favanyan. Yes, favanyan. <laughs> wow. All right, absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I see you've got a Caesar here. I don't even know. I'm not sure if it's the Caesar I know. I think it is. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we once had him for an interview as well. I think it's him. <laughs> you think it's him. <laughs> so tell me this. I've noticed that uh, with the stories, you get pastors, kids from different backgrounds, church backgrounds. Why is that important? Why is it important to know, oh, this one comes from apostolic faith mission. This one comes from a Pentecostal church. Why is that important? So I think for me, it was important to highlight the fact that the the challenges that the pastor's mm-hmm. kids are having are not um, only resonating yeah. with, with, with the Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's all over, you mm. know. So, and I think it was lovely to actually have, you know, different pastors' kids from yeah. different churches, so that it actually as gives us a better understanding yeah. that you know the situation that or the circumstances that we're talking about are not only resonating with the mm-hmm. Pente- Pentecostal uh, pastors' kids. So, out of your experience and what you've learned, because you've dealt with so many of them. Um, I think maybe this will be working towards my last question. But uh, with the pastor's kids, those who have deviated from the path and those who had stayed the course, what was the difference according to what you've done in, in terms of your research and what you've learned? I think what I've learned is that mm-hmm. those that stayed in the path mm-hmm. are those whose parents, um, how should I, like, they walked with them through the journey and those that have deviated it was like mom and dad's 
thing, mm. but not our thing. And, you know, like, as I said, that how I present my children yeah. in the space of church also speak to how they go into relate yeah. within the church. Mm. And having to help your children to relate and have an understanding of the work that you are doing, it makes it easier for them to find themselves within the work of God. True. But if you go going to say, for instance, I mean, like, my daughter always complains, and then she was saying to me, Mommy, it was nice at the time of COVID because you didn't have to travel and <laughs> go to funerals and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, we try to make it a point that it's not like every weekend to funerals mm. and you're never there for your children to hold their hand, understand their difficulties, understand yeah. where they are mm. uh, spiritually, mentally and yeah. otherwise. So allowing ourselves to have that space as a family whereby we mentor each other, mm. we empower each other goes a long way. And I think that's where I've seen the difference to say those that have been mentored, held by hand, you know, I easily able to integrate into church rather than those whereby they feel like mom and dad whenever they so that being said would you advise because i know there are people who um for instance they've got their own circular jobs and stuff like that you know where a person works so much they don't have time for family now with being a pastor would is it advisable that when you're going on your mission trips when you're going on your revivals and all of those things to take your kids with you if possible and on top of that is it also advisable to say as much as you take them on those mission trips and uh, revivals take them on holidays together correct mm -hmm. so with us i with my daughter i think my daughter is the mm -hmm. one that has been with us everywhere we've taken her to general councils we've yeah. taken her to all these meetings i think mm -hmm. she i think she's at that point whereby you know you guys uh, can enough <laughs> <laughs> but i think that is also important when they are younger you can take them along as long yeah. as they are comfortable okay. to come along mm -hmm. when they get to that age whereby they feel like no i'm enough now you give them the space mm. and and I think that helps them to be able to discover themselves. Yeah. And then, like, as a family, we take time out. Take the kids, spend a week away with them, and, you know, just go play and have fun. Be a parent. Yeah. You know, not a pastor. Yeah. You know, yeah. be a parent, be Absolutely. a mother, be a father. I mean, like, when you're sitting there, you know, my husband always play hide-and-seek with, mm. with them. And it's like, Daddy, it's your turn. Go hide. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. and the kids want that kind of environment sure. where they can enjoy their father or mm. their as mother a as a mother, as not a as a pastor. As so I'm going to wrap it up with this one and then I'm handing it over to this lovely uh, queen of the studio here. Uh, so I want to find out from you, people are listening to us talking about this book, you know, pastors' kids, some are not even pastors' kids because I feel like if you are in the church space, it's important for you to read this book as well so that you can know how to relate with pastors' kids, you know, because you'd think they've got it all together only to find now they are going through some things, you know. Um, I want to find out from you, how is this book? going to help the next person i think at at the end of the book mm -hmm. i mainly speak to you know in the middle this way i speak to mm -hmm. pastors directly yeah. and and their wives and then yeah. towards the end i speak to the congregation yeah to also you know try and give them an understanding of how they can be able to be of assistance mm -hmm. in helping this you know yeah. kids to grow 
to the love of God, to the love of the church, to the love of the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, actually beautiful. 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 We also have uh, another listener here all the way from Kepecha, Usi Pogazi Uti. Mrs. Mohosi reminds me of an article I read this morning about forcing children to church. Uh, this I found to be profound in it. One student in the Christian Worldview course summed it up best. He wrote, the fact is there is a whole system out there that goes that works to change the minds of people and move them away from God. If we as parents don't fight for our children with the same uh, tenacity and intensity, we can never hope to take them from the grasp of the world. I do believe that parents should should force their children to go, ch- go to church at least while they, are, they live in our homes. Yeah, vibes. <laughs> we also have another listener who is hoping that the show is recorded. Yes, definitely it is recorded. If you'd want to have a podcast, please request it. Our producer will send it to you. This is very relatable to most of us being church elders, children as well. What a show. Yo, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a, we have a new listener. Uh, please shout out. Okay, shout out to you, Makucho. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Makucho, for tuning in. i see you uh, again, again, and again, and again. Um, uh, we've got another person there who is saying, um, the PK stay in the path when parents don't push ministry down their throat Mm -hmm. those uh, whose parents help them find their calling the parent know how uh, to separate being a pastor from a parent my kids call me papa even at church this has spilled out to other kids at church they don't call me pastors but daddy my confession that my (laughs) that's my wife in the studio thank you so much the husband has spoken yes yeah (laughs) And and, uh, she did say um, that uh, she was hoping that you could be here, but she did say that you couldn't be here because of uh, other commitments. Uh, But we Mm. appreciate your comments so much. Thank you so much for connecting. It shows that you love and support your wife and your your family as a whole. That's That's amazing, man of God. Indeed, that's very amazing. Um, I've got. Uh, I, I feel the the now churches, uh, both from the charismatic or the missionary churches, they are so open minded. Now, back in my days, I just felt like um, even Ubaba was a pastor, you know, at home, and I also saw that he chose church before us i think that's where my hurt my my hurting and my hate you know of being a pastor child came in i'm glad that slowly the current churches are opening up and saying you know what um i'm a dad at home and a pastor you know at church i uh, yeah i see them now it's so beautiful something that i never experienced on my side um where can people find your book where can people purchase this book um if they would want to read more of the information and the wisdom that is shared in here Okay, they can either call me. Uh, my number is 082-998-4655. Mm-hmm. And um, I will send you all the details uh, for how to purchase the book. And, you, you know, when I normally send like a Zappa kind of, um, then you can pay and then your book gets delivered to you. Okay, everywhere in Johannesburg? Anywhere in Johannesburg, and we can also post it. 
Wow. Beautiful. 0829984655. That's the number. If you have missed it or you think uh, sometime that you really need this uh, book, you can connect with us to us on 0671531089. We'll definitely uh, give you um, her contact details. Are we going to be seeing more of the books in regards to the pastor's kids related? You know, um, is this your, 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 your bus stop or are we going to be seeing more of the books? So I've been pushed to write another one mm-hmm. because I think those that have already read the book are saying when is the next one coming? Come on, and no. <laughs> so I think we will be doing a second um, uh, edition. One edition yeah. of it. Mm. Um, hopefully, and Dumi might be part of it. And hopefully, Dumi might be part of it. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I, there will be a second edition coming. Wow. We we working on it. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. Mam Winnie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, one more thing, um, an encouragement, a word of encouragement to one, that pastor's child who probably might be listening and saying, yeah, you know, um, I just want you to, sh- to, to send a word of encouragement. And not only to a pastor's kid, uh, but to every child um of God, rather, who is in the ministry. And, yeah, let's yeah. take it away. So I think for me, what I would say is that for all of us as children of God, we should remember that, you know, we were called. Mm-hmm. And, um, and God found us in whichever way mm-hmm. that he has found us. And, you know, expecting others to be different, um it's, it's quite a challenge. I think we should look at, at each other, being pastors' kids, being pastors, being pastors' wife, being the congregation. We should look at each other as just sinners who need the grace of mm. God. Mm. And, you know, if the, grace, if the grace finds you, you should consider yourself blessed. Amen. And really with the pastor's kids, it's all about, I understand that a lot of people say that, why should pastor's kids be treated differently? It's not about treating them differently, but it's all about trying to keep them in the kingdom and allowing them mm. to have a relationship with God. Wow. Beautiful. Um, that was our guest for today, Mamu Winimukhote, an author of a book called Called to Be a Pastor's Kid. Thank you so much, Ma, for gracing us with your presence. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing the wisdom that God had put in you and also um, allowing God to use you to write this book. Um, how much is it uh, for, for a person who would 150. like? 150. 150. That's the price of the book, Called to Be a Pastor's kids if you want to bless another pastor's kid if you want to read it for yourself because you are a pastor's child please do uh, find this book on your hand it is really insightful it's also got uh, stories from other uh, pastor's kids probably you can relate and find a way on how we can um, continue serving God and making um, this a beautiful thing You're listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station.